and welcome to Do The Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with the same problem that many others have. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Mm-hmm. So to help us get in the writing spirit, we are issuing a challenge. Each week you sit down for 30 minutes and, and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read one of your stories, and we talk about the rest. Um, we're simply here to help you do the, do right, the right thing. thing. A Doof Media a production. Doof Media production. Um, mm-hmm. how, how is you? I'm back in Texas. Did you know that? I'm back yeah. in Texas. Welcome back in the back land the of 100 degree easy. weather all the time, 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love and that for us. And that's great because uh, you came during one of, the, one of the hottest weeks so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, no, nice been, late August. Yeah, late late August, right be, uh, before fall. Um, but yeah, I've been pretty good. I just started back up with my final year of college, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, mm-hmm. And it's proving to be very, very busy. I am taking five classes. Three of them are online. And oh, they're gosh. all like 4,000 level, uh, 4, level, oh, level my God. English classes. So I would great. not. I would not have done that myself. Yeah, I will be I mean, <laughs> full on about it. I I could not do that. I I sort of like made a decision where it's like, okay, cool. Do I want a budding social life, but not take all of of the classes that I want to, or be able to graduate on time, or do I want to um, hurt myself mentally, mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. and right. emotionally, right? Uh, and grin and bear it for these next six months. Um, and I chose the latter because that option costs less money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here I am. Uh, very stressed, but hey, it's fine. I, it's only like the second week, so it really hasn't really uh, hit the fan yet. Well, um, to be fair, I, if you're going to sacrifice your social life, this is kind of the year to do it, right? <laughs> There's not yeah, much to yeah. sacrifice. Because, I mean, really, like, as soon, like post-college is when I'll probably have the most social life. Or maybe not not at all. I don't really know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, either way, it's the second week. It really isn't that bad. Um, I even still have time to read uh, to read other things that I've been wanting to, to mm-hmm. read. So that's that's pretty good. And, and you're in uh, some cool classes, right? You're in Afrofuturism. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Afrofuturism, a class that I didn't know I needed un, until now. It's really awesome. Um, and it's one of the you, only classes where you have to watch uh, Black Panther for yes, <laughs> part of the curriculum, mm-hmm. so. which which I love it because you know there are like Black Panther is a perf- is a perfect representation of of a popular Afro futurism, but I do like how we are focusing on other other uh, on other aspects, including African futurism, which is the mm-hmm. same but slightly different. Um, uh, but yeah, there's there's that class, but I still have to take my American lit class. Mm-hmm. It's just so boring. Save, <laughs> save the best for last. Save the best for last. But yeah, overall, I am doing Peachy King with Wait, uh, whipped cream and roses on top. Why did you take American lit rather than world lit? I'm pretty sure you can choose. Like, I think the option aren't, aren't the options world lit, American lit, and Brit lit? Yeah, yeah. But um, for those who don't know, lit is short for literature. I hope y'all know that. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I mean, I could have, but I took um, the first uh, American Lit class. And yeah, granted, I, I could have switched it up for my second one. I just need two different credits. Um, but I just decided to finish it, you know, because like, why not? Um, and in the first semester, some of them were at least vaguely interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is this one story. I, I forgot. It was a book. It was like My Antonia. Have you heard of it? Nope. It's okay. It's just like a. It's just like a Western slice of life, mm-hmm. where pretty much that's uh, that's it. That's all of it. But it's fun, you know, to see. I guess. A section of lit that I that, mm-hmm. that I really that I really heard about, um, but also you know has its own stories and just you know to understand what people during those those times valued and 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 liked. So mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. I'm not going to enjoy the the class per se, but <laughs> it's a, it is enough to um, get the credit for. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're you're missing out. My first, uh, basically one of my first classes, my first semester was World Lit, and the theme was um, death, right? Uh, oh, and and the supernatural. Yeah. It was great. Well, my, my my favorite thing from that, I I still have the book. Um, probably one of my coolest books on my shelf. It's a little tiny poetry book, little black bulk 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 book with um, gold lettering. It's poems, Ooh. dead and undead, and that is just the coolest thing to have on your shelf. I hate all the poetry inside of it, though. Yeah. I hate all the text. I <laughs> but dis- no, that's it's cool. not fun. It, um, uh, it sounds like it should be like uh, a spell book of some sort. Exactly, and it does look like one. It's my little my little black spell book. It's great. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you should just r- rip out all of those shitty poems and mm-hmm. like just put and like, put blank- in my own. Yes, your own like witchy spell poems, yeah. S- spell poems or spoems, as I call them. Spellums, spems. Sp- <laughs> anyway, uh, th- we do a podcast here about words. Uh, oh, yeah, shall we? we shall we announce what words they are? Yeah, that would be actually a really great and kosher thing to do. Um, I think that's exactly the word you were looking for. Mm-hmm. So the words for this week, and granted, this is the last week of nonfiction. Uh, so going into next week, we will have a whole brand new topic for y'all to uh, write about. But mm-hmm. the words for this week were diamond, elbow, brain, and angle. That's brain and not Brian, and angle, not angel. Thank you for clarifying. Um, yeah, let's get into the to our story for this week. Who are we reading? Yes, so the story for this week we will be reading is by Jarby Jazz with Summer, a couple of decades ago. Nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is a nonfiction piece of reflection on Jarby Jazz's past, and uh, let's get into it. Have you ever been to a Punjabi party? It sure is an experience. The music is loud, the dance floor is heaving, drink flows, and food is plentiful. It's an exercise in excess. And it was something I experienced at least once a month growing up. Our family had become experts, of a sort, in throwing these parties, where to source the drinks, the food, the catering, and the music. 
My dad and his cousins all had enough contacts that we could help people out with any party requirements. I can still hear conversations had over the phone. Oh, the family is a bit old-fashioned? They would like more old-school Hindi songs? We've got a guy who incorporates that into his setup. His wife even sings. They'll give us a good price. Don't worry, I know them. You need good veggie food? No problem. There are these great Sikh caterers. They have these lentil-filled samosas. It's great. Trust me. Ah, Lil Rita's old enough to drink now? How time flies. She likes her wine? Red? Well, Rajesh likes his wine too. We could justify another few cases of wine then, right? And so on. Although, when it came to alcohol, they didn't need much justifying. Any angle they could use to end up with excess alcohol was a bonus, more for the hosts at the after party. I would get told, whiskey doesn't go out of date. Any leftovers will find a home one way or another. It was about this point where my 10-year-old brain should have put the dots together, that our family had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol and excess. It was after one of these parties in a rented-out school gym, of all places. When the DJ had played the last song, and then the real last song, some classic about never forgetting your friends, when visitors had trickled away to their cars, designated drivers helping tired children and tipsy adults into cars, when all that was left was to clear the messy tables and pack vans to head home. Tables littered with half-drunk bottles of rum, whiskey, and cola. It was the children's job, as irresponsible and sober ones, to sort this out. Decant liquor into as few bottles as possible. I remember asking my uncle how to do this without spilling. Why don't you use your head? I thought you were smart. We could use a funnel? <laughs> no, he scoffed. Here. And he brought the two bottles together and poured them carefully. I think a funnel would have been better, but I knew the consequences of talking back to drunken men. So, it fell to the kids to manage this. Well, kids and the adults who hadn't quite found their groove in the adult circle and felt more comfortable as an older kid over a young adult. Loading vans, sealing boxes, and occasionally sneaking a pack of crisps or nuts, all while the adults put on the facade of helping, sneaking more drinks and merriment. It might feel strange to look back fondly on those years, but I do. I enjoyed the weird, absolutely not safe journeys when we would be stuffed in the back of a van to hold bottles steady around corners. I liked the clandestine missing of orange juice and cola, the enjoyment being the thrill of doing something forbidden. Sneaking the last packet of cheese and onion crisps from some drunk granddad and then giving it up to the cousin who never got their favorite flavor all night. Or elbowing past drunken, smoky men at the bar on a sticky summer afternoon just to ask a bemused bartender for a few glasses of ice. I look back fondly because it was limited in the end. When we grew up, we stopped being those kids and we fell in line with the adults. Some of us didn't drink as much, and some did. Some engaged in debates, shouted over the music, of course, between glasses of booze, and some took to the dance floor. Now, 
after the past year of COVID and social distancing, I wonder if this key part of my childhood, my culture, will ever return. Will any of the new generation of kids experience hot summer days running around a car park and cheering in joy when an entrepreneurial ice cream van parks up? Will they get that surge of joy that comes from requesting a song only for the DJ to play it and get all the kids on the dance floor? I feel like a large part of our culture has withered thanks to 2020 and beyond, and I wonder how we go about fixing that. I have no answers so far since the pandemic is still happening. All right, all right. I really enjoy this this story. Um, It has a really great sense of presence within this actual party setting. Um, But at the same time, it's giving us so much, so many details about everything else happening behind the the scenes. And even this, uh, uh, this, this main perspective person um, speculating on uh, how their family might have a unhealthy relationship with uh, alcohol and, you know, just how the dynamic of these parties are while also sort of looking back on their younger years at this this party with a bit of maybe rose-tinted glasses, you know, how they missed that, which I really love that that feeling and how it was portrayed within this story. So really great job. Yeah, um, the obviously the focus of the story is sort of a nostalgic nostalgic (laughs) uh flashback right Mm -hmm. going back to those feelings and and revisiting them um and i think that's really cool um i think that's really um exercised well here and i think um jarby jazz probably explores this as they go um with the very beginning sort of having that opening talking about these things of parties and then going into a little bit more about the alcohol which kind of became a, a focus in in this piece mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely um and even though this is a very nos- nostalgic story i enjoy how there's also a, a bit of hindsight there you know how it's not all great and, and and perfect and how they can really muse on certain things that probably weren't weren't too too good i um especially like the uh interaction between this this person and the um old drunk man and just like how, of of course, they probably had a, a a better way of way of doing it, but you know it's not good to um argue, to like argue with a drunk man and how he just ended up pouring both of the bottles into the main bottle, probably making like a huge mess. I, I think that was a really nice moment, and the story is really filled with really good moments like like that. Um, and, and I think the ending ends in a very I don't know how to dis- describe it. I mean, you know, it is very sad that these events have come to a halt because of COVID-19, uh, you know, it, it, and it sucks. Um, and I do like how it's so open-ended, you know, how it does leave on this really darker tone, you know, how the pandemic is still happening. Um, you know, we have the uh, Delta, we have the uh, Delta strain out out here you know so i don't know i think that not only does it portray this nostalgic feeling and, and give us these really good good moments um but it also is willing to sort of 
have a unceremonious ending, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, um, I think it's more of a exploration rather than like a specific like hard hitting you know mm-hmm. short story or anything. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's that's totally okay. Right? That is um, as valid a, a use of um, doing the right thing as any. And I think it's it's really good to look at the past like this. Um, and also, and, and this is like, like. I have a journal and stuff sometimes, right? I sometimes go in there and I I write about how I'm feeling or memories and stuff in the past. And, but there's something like sometimes I'm writing these things um, and I feel a little bit self-conscious, even though no one's going to read it because it's not for that. But I feel self-conscious because um, I feel like I shouldn't take the kind of writing that is more, uh, dramatic, you know, like like a narrative, right? There's sort of a sort of presumption or pretentiousness that comes with writing a story, mm-hmm. right? Especially in a context where it doesn't seem like it should be a story. Like if you're writing a a, a post on Reddit, uh, not in this context, obviously, but like if you were commenting to some to a post that says, "How do you feel about your childhood?" Right? You're not going to take this sort of writing a prose, right? Mm-hmm. of of the nostalgia and pacing things out but this is actually a much better way to convey those feelings right um that exploration going through and back and, and taking moments to talk about how we feel and and setting up these scenes um that we don't really have when we talk more normally when we are in settings that um aren't built for the pretension of writing a story right mm-hmm. um and so i think it's really useful to use times like this as an opportunity for that sort of exploration for um to sort of wax poetic a little bit right yeah exactly um actually that's another thing uh it's very rare that i feel comfortable just doing some poetry in real life right but the thing is yeah it's poetry is actually a really good way of of conveying things that's why we that's why it exists is convey emotions that are hard to convey with just normal language um but like if you're, uh, um, I have had the urge before, like during a breakup, mm-hmm. to like to say some, some poetic poetry. stuff. Yeah. But that's like, like, like during, like during the com- the conversation of the breakup, right? Oh. Of like talking about how I feel. Well, because like, yeah, how do I mm-hmm. convey how I feel? Like using normal language takes forever. Whereas I could have just said like a single or two poetic sentences and conveyed it, but. Because of how pretentious it would have been mm-hmm. to do that in a serious conversation, right? It would have totally, it would have been a terrible idea. Yeah. So I mean, that's why you use a metaphor. <laughs> it's well, metaphor well, is more palatable. Well, yeah, a metaphor. The thing is, if a metaphor gets too uh, purpley, right, then it also gets it has a feeling of pretension, right? True. True. So mm. anyway. So yeah, that's the uh um so I'm I'm in full support of uh writing more meandering um wonderings like this. Oh definitely. And I mean I, I, I love it. I, I love being able to sit in a person's head and sort of follow their own train of thought, you know. And this story was very similar to to that. I mean, we do go from scene to to scene, and there is a solid through line of what it's about and and the why. But I mean, as you said, 
at the same time, it's just exploring these moments. It's exploring that that feeling with this almost like bitter with this almost like bittersweet tone, you know, to where these moments were were great, even though this, this and and, and this. But you can tell that there is the sense of wanting the sense of wanting to be in the back of that van, the sense of wanting to be at the kids table, you know, and I really get that. And I relate to this greatly. I mean, I know I, I can't count on two hands how, how many times I've been at a family re, uh, reunion and I felt a lot of these things, you know, just being very awkward when it comes to trying to talk to the um, adults or them not being able to take you seriously or you being the only sober ones, one at the entire place. So yeah, overall, I just I just really dug this this story, and it really hits close to to home while still having its own really strong identity, which I really like. So great mm-hmm. job! Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's the the main focus of of the story. I think um, the way that it it goes into those particular scenes, I think is is used to good effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can back away uh, after the like sense of the scene is built up and such. So I think that's well done. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, all right. Uh, thank you so much to Jarby Jazz for allowing us to read your story. But I think it's high time to move on into the rest of our listeners' sub-submitted stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the stories that were submitted this week are by Spine by Me, Jarby Jazz, and Excalibur. And so this week is going to be a bit short, but still sweet and great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, so who's first? Yep, so the first story up is by Spine by Me, with an untitled story. Uh, that's right. So this is also another kind of uh, wondering, kind of mm-hmm. uh, almost addressing us directly right at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, but going through and sort of um, reflecting on all the times that Spine by Me almost died uh, growing mm-hmm. up as, as a kid, all the ridiculous things that... Um, these young kids and teenagers would do, um, mm-hmm. including like uh, sending someone on a tire swing to go super fast over a lake and the kid breaking like both of his arms, um, it falling off a cliff one week, or was it the next day that they um, almost fell off the same cliff again on I a different think so, bike? Yeah, the and first then, bike having fallen off the the cliff, and then also already. their their buddy taking a bunch of drugs and almost drowning and catch it. Yeah, that's it's really gross. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good exploration of all those those horrible moments. Something I think is interesting is that it's almost at some point it almost feels like it uh, shifts uh, address because the first at the beginning it's almost like us or just a community in general, right? Uh-huh. Um, but I think at some point it starts talking about we, uh-huh. and I think that can be the the we in the story. But I almost feel like. There's a sense that's fine by me. Maybe at this point, it's sort of addressing other like peers and stuff. At that point, maybe someone in particular, maybe not. Um, that's just a feeling I got at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here it is. Here, sorry, sorry. Um, uh, like uh, down here, what the fuck was wrong mm-hmm. with us? Oh, holy shit! Remember that time your your kid brother had some sort of fucking meltdown and threatened both of us with a chef's knife. So the your kid brother, that's clearly. It's not Someone one of us. Else, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely something that I haven't really seen too much of 
deliberately shifting those perspectives mid uh, mid story and i think in other places that that could come off as um what's the word as a a train wreck right but (laughs) okay that's not exactly (laughs) how i would phrase that but but sure yeah but within this story i think it works really well because it is primed with like oh do you do you re do you re do you remember this do you remember that so as we keep reading we we do get a sense that this might be addressed to someone else but then as soon as that hits we're like okay definitely this is to someone else but overall i mean i just really love how this story is just really sitting within these uh, these moments even though they are being like list even though they are being listed out and i do re relate to those sort of like small town antics you know getting uh, getting into trouble doing things that you're not uh, supposed to um literally just breaking laws uh <laughs> and you know i i heavily relate to that you know especially like me growing up in uh Fluville, me and me and my friends did some of the same um not to this extent though i don't think i've ever almost died um but still i i, I enjoy how much joy is really coming from this uh, this story as this uh character recounts these uh, these moments and and even when it does take a, a more serious turn towards towards the end um it still sort of keeps a jovial tone like like we're just like a, a couple of friends talking about um our our like heyday over a glass of beer you know mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think it's a, a little bit more aggressive than than jovial but that's just how i would characterize it but um it's a little bit yeah yeah it's a good story uh like aggressive basically okay yeah yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah no overall really 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 great story and i yeah i just uh really love that you brought this to us so thank you very much Mm -hmm. to sign by me and next is Mm -hmm. and our last story for this week is by excalibur with another fantastically made poem about tap water mm-hmm, because last week we we kind of went on a whole tangent about tap water <laughs> and stuff and so they actually went out and did the tap water poem so mm-hmm. appreciate that um and so yeah so this is sort of a beautiful rendition you know i'll just read it out real quick sure, it's yeah. just like it's eight lines mm-hmm. the fonts flower sweet and fair flows through a thorough filter Drips and bright diamond drops fall to a basin, rot brain free, where lime lines antique lead, providing insufficient plum protection. Carbon cleans after elbow, after elder elbows. Okay, okay. Um, so basically, I get this. I, I get the feeling of sort of a beautiful rendition of of a sink. Um, that's the font with the fonts flower. Mm-hmm. Um, with those drips going down. Uh, into that basin where the pipes are lead, but they're lined with lime, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- yeah, I thought that was an interesting way to portray that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, very much so. I I love it how, you know, you're taking this sort of uh, hyper-poetic po- take on getting a glass of tap water. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, just, I just really love it. I, I love how... Uh, you know the 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 lead. It can both mean the lead pipes or the lead that's obviously in all of our water. Um, 
Yeah, and I love the thorough filter. There are just some like really great lines uh, within this. Um, and I mean, maybe it's just me and uh, my own reading, but but as I was reading this and you know thinking of tap water, I was thinking, oh, this tap water is going to be unsatisfying. You know, okay, it's going to leave sure. something to be des- desired because because of the way that. This poem is, is, is written in a, a lot of the verbiage, you know, like rot, brain, in, in su, su, sufficient, thorough, uh, thorough filter. feels like, you know, this isn't going to be the best glass, glass of water ever, you know? Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a lot to, to pull from this. Um, and I thought <laughs> definitely it was, uh, it was good practice to uh get that uh poetic sort of sense going yeah definitely definitely and so yeah thank you very much to excalibur um mm-hmm. well all right i think it's high time to say thank you to everyone who did submit us a story so thank you very much to it's fine by me thank you jarby jazz and thank you to excalibur one more time and we would also like to say thank you to everyone who did leave comments leaving comments not only under your own story but under someone else's story can not only put all of your own thoughts on your piece out there for everyone to see, but you are providing someone else with feedback that can only make them a better writer. So, thank you very much to Jarby Jazz, Blarry345, and Fine By Me. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, yeah, y'all did a, a really good job. It was nice to see like two or three comments under every story. So that was mm-hmm. cool. Exactly. If you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing, you can do that by going to Reddit at slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Yep. Um, and there's always so much going on at Doof Media. Uh, oh, sorry. I skipped ahead, didn't I? Whoops. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, do it. N- uh, if you want to see the words as soon as they come out, the best way to do that would be to follow us on Twitter at RightThingCast. Mm-hmm, exactly. And if you want to support us and everything else happening at Doof Media, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate $10 or more per month to not only be able to vote in everything upcoming in Doof, but you will also get access to exclusive bonus content made by everyone in the Doof family. Uh, that's right. Um, there's another piece of uh, bonus content that's going to be start. Uh, it's going to start coming out called uh, "Doof After Dark," which is basically Ooh. some of the conversations that we have uh, before or after our recordings. Um, I have some ones that I only edit. I have a also a random thing related to everything else. It's not bonus content uh, that I did with Ruben. That's going to show up on the YouTube. So if you want to hit subscribe on the YouTube channel and keep an eye out for that, it was pretty funny. Um, and then lastly. <laughs> Well, actually, two more, two more, mm-hmm. two and a half more things. Uh, I was on last week's Doofcast talking mm-hmm. about Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So if you want to hear us uh, cover that movie, I think we had a really good time and had covered a lot of interesting topics in addition to the namesake. And then um, uh, finally, this week, uh, both the book club and the game club are happening. So the game club is on, I believe, Saturday night. Um, and it is over the game called uh, Control, um, which I heard was really, really good. Sort of an SCP-esque 
uh, game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the book club, which is on Friday night, is uh, Words of Radiance. So the second book of the Stormlight archives, um, which I read it and it was really good. You probably can't read it in the couple days if you haven't. But if you have, it's there. It's on It's on Friday. Go there to uh, be there to ask questions and stuff. Um, because your contributions become part of the episode, so. Well, all right. I think it's high time to get into next week's words. Uh, hell yes. What are they this week? Mm-hmm. Jar Jarvis. Jar Ricky Jarvis. So next week's words are cemetery, session, ratio, and owner, and also the topic for the next month, the month of September, will be a one scene story. Uh, basically, we would we would like y'all to write a a story that takes place maybe within one room or just within one scene, and I want y'all to really focus in on that one moment. Really focus in on giving us plenty of description, letting us understand why this moment is so in important and has so much weight for a for a larger story that we will not get to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so for me, to me, the, the emphasis is on, like, the one setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, you know, they, they have, like, uh, one-act plays, right, and, and others that are, like, one room. I, I don't know exactly what the term is, but there is that one, oh, God, what's the name of it? It's a famous uh, play where it's the three of them, they're, like, in hell or something. Oh! Uh, um, what's it called? Hold on, I'm going to Google it. Yeah. Um, there is... The, I think the play is called um, No Exit, mm-hmm. right? By Jean-Paul Sartre. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which has uh, just three rooms in a room uh, that is... Or th- three rooms. Three characters in a single room and having to interact. Uh, and they, like, all hate each other and stuff. But I think the emphasis there is, one, lets you em- uh, characterize the room and the setting uh, very much in detail, and two, lets you focus on those characters and mm-hmm. those character interactions, because they can't go anywhere, right? Exactly. Um, also, a, a another play, uh, if, if anyone has heard of Harold Pinter, is The Dumbwaiter, which is the exact same thing, um, except I think this is a expressionist play. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that. I will good. Google it later. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, but let's get uh, back into the words. So the first word you said was cemetery. Cemetery. Which is where people are buried. It's where pets go um, to. Pets? I think, isn't pets cemetery with an S yes, for some it reason? Is. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah. Well, that's it's where people are buried. You can have zombies there coming mm-hmm. out of there. Um, some people of different religions can't be buried in a particular cemetery yeah. because they did something against that religion. Um and yep that's where it's where dead people go yeah. yep <laughs> and then um, session that's right so session is a single like block of time dedicated to one like activity mm-hmm. i think that is mostly what we uh refer it to so you can have a session booked at your um uh recording studio yeah or you could have a makeout session, mm-hmm. which is shortened to sesh. A, a, a podcast session, which is similar exactly. to a makeout session. Exactly, exactly. That takes place in a recording studio. Mm-hmm. So nice little signature there. Thank you, Jarvis. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's that's basically what it is. Uh, next one is ratio, which is a kind of fraction, mm-hmm. fraction, um, yeah. which is how much of one thing happens whenever there's 
a number of another thing. Yeah. Right. You know, people would um, talk about a ratio at a party and that's how many uh, women there are to men. <laughs> sure. Um, on Twitter, you someone can get ratioed, which is where uh, someone has a tweet and then the comment under the tweet, that's usually like a diss of some sort or uh, just like something inane just to show a point of comparison uh, it has way more uh, likes than the original post ever did. Damn. Um, that's how you get ratioed. Because, um, like, the comment, your comment, which should be less, did more. much better than you. <laughs> Especially if it was something stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, a K-pop fan cam. Or just, like, a cute a cute dog got ratioed. You, you got ratioed by it. Because mm. your tweet was problematic. <laughs> And then owner. Um, owner, which is uh, the person that owns uh, some sort of property, um, which can be anything from a house to pets to, um, in the past, uh, people. Yeah, so. I miss it. <laughs> Thanks, Travis, for, for that. Okay. So, please anyway, tell me, what, what fabulous... Yeah, what's the story? Uh, let, what fabulous 20 word story are you going to write next week? Mm -hmm. Um, right. I, oh God, 20 words. Mm -hmm. Only 20. Do, do these count? No. As as soon as you say your first word within the story, that's what it's. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to start counting on my fingers. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, the owner of the cemetery had a strict limit on the ratio of I only have two words left <laughs> uh, well okay I'm gonna do 21 oh, all right no. I don't know what yet but but something to something okay um, all you need is session. Oh, um, of the ratio of dead to living people in a single funeral session. I don't know how many <laughs> words that was. That was that was between twenty and thirty. Yeah, that but was, the point that was twenty-two. It's the point. Oh, really? It was only twenty-two. Mm-hmm. I think it was a little bit more than that. Maybe I, I stopped counting halfway through. Okay, well, so it's like that. You you have to have a one to one ratio per dead uh, to people. living. <laughs> yeah, so only one person can can bury uh the dead person. Everyone else has to stay outside the cemetery. Oh wow, yeah, hey, maybe mm-hmm. maybe that way they'll like come back or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're so right. Uh, what is your story? Um, you don't have to stick to twenty words, but maybe like thirty. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, my story for next week. Let me get these words in front of me. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to talk about, well, okay, so the, so, so the story takes place on one cool autumn evening when um, the owner of the rain decided to not make it rain today. So, it was cool. It was nice. There was no rain, no snow, no, uh, uh, no hail. And our, You're like a 30-something and our at this point. player character, Sean Kingston, uh, visits his grandmother at the cemetery for a rap session. Because his grandmother uh-huh. used to be 
a uh, a r- rapist. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't like that. So, uh, as they were both spitting bars, um, Sean Kingston um, decided to hit up a, a party afterwards where the ratio was um, one woman for every 30 guys. I love that. Yeah. Um, it's really good. I think that was under a hundred words, at least. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, so that's kind of like under thirty. I think you're you're ahead. Um, I really like that you ended on pro- possibly the worst use of the word ratio. <laughs> well, well, what? Uh, there's there's no way that that Sean Kingston knows about fractions. You're so right. Fucking Sean Kingston. Yeah. Beautiful girl. Sean Kingston needs to do the right thing and go to to go learn math. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good night. Good. Go. Happy September. Yeah. Happy.